Hi, and welcome to the latest edition of the DCC podcast. This episode is going to be looking at the league and cup double success for our second team in 2017. Looking back at some of the highlights of the season and some memorable performances from the members of the team. Our three guests were all senior members within that squad and helped us to recall the moments, memories and laughs of that season. Enjoy. Welcome to the uh, the latest edition of the DCC podcast. Um, tonight's edition is going to be looking at the second team's league and cup double from 2017. Uh, guest that we've got on the podcast this evening, we've got uh, Andrew Cook back with us this week. How are you doing, Cookie? Hello. Good, Reese. Good to speak to you again. Yeah, good. Uh, good to speak to you too, Cookie. Nice to have you back. We've also got the current DCC chairman, Chris Law, with us. How are you doing, Lowe? Good evening, Reese. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Fantastic. Great to uh, great to have you on. And finally, we've got the second team captain, Greg Lawrenson, with us. How are you doing, Greg? Yeah, evening. All good. Good, good stuff, fellas. Good stuff. Um, so as as we are recording this right now, we have had a positive word come through from the ECB regarding recreational cricket. Um, is this exciting news to us all? I didn't know there were any news. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Yeah, my phone, my phone's been quite busy the last uh, last fifteen minutes. So no, it's it's great news. So uh, yeah, lots to lots to think about, lots to plan. It'll be uh, it'll be a busy uh, busy next week. Yeah, very very true, very true. Cookie, I think this is something that you've been looking looking forward to for months on end, isn't it? So how are you feeling? Yeah, just just brilliant news made up. Um, been the worst kept secret around, hasn't it? July 11th. Yeah, I'm glad it's finally come out. Good stuff. He's not Cookie's not been out for uh, 102 days. Just, just ideal. Like yeah, perfect. It's normal, normal life. <laughs> <laughs> who's uh, who's happier about the return of cricket, Cookie? You or Kelly? I've just told her she's actually pleased. Which is worrying. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so if we're gonna go, we're gonna go straight into the pod. Um, we're going to just have a quick talk about 2017 because I think in in the in the history of the club, um, I'd say it was quite a quite a big year, really. Um, I think the club, you could argue, made a bit of a gamble to to move out of the league that we'd been in for over. Well, I couldn't even tell you, was it over eight, 80 years we've been in the Northern League. Um, so it was quite a gamble to to move over to to Lancashire League cricket. Um, quite a long, long transition period because uh, I know it was something that we were quite keen to do for quite a long time. Um, just looking back, because uh, obviously all, all three of you as players, what were you what were you expecting really with that move over to the Lancashire League? Um, certainly, the travel was a big selling point, wasn't it? I think the last couple of years of the Northern League, we'd sort of run our course massively. I'd played for years, obviously, in the second team. I think the last two years we'd gone to places like Kendall and Penrith with nine and ten men, which as a Darwin team is something I'd never thought I'd see. Um, so coming to more local cricket has been brilliant. We've got lots of people coming back playing. It's sort of given us a big big boost. No, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, Lowe, uh, for yourself, obviously, as Greg alluded to, there, he played Northern League cricket for a long time, and you yourself would have would have played it even longer. So, what was that? What were you expecting moving into a different league, a much more local league? Um, well, for me, it just revived the whole cricket club. Um, it re- it revived me because I, I went through a a year or two after I had a, an injury where I, pr- I probably fell out of love with the game. Um, I probably preferred to do triathlons in Lycra, which is not a good thing for anybody, really. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, so it just gave just gave me an incentive to come back to the club, and it, it was just a just a bit of excitement to get back into it. Cricket, just different format, different grounds, different people, and I think there were a few people in similar boat looking at the team, and just a general excitement, uh, just looking forward to your cricket again, like you used to when you were a youngster. So it was just just a great move for everybody involved with the club, in my opinion. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that one. On that one, Rowie. Um, and then finally, coming over to you, Cookie, as a as a bowler, a man of you know a lot of experience and played a lot of cricket. Going into Anchor League cricket, what were you looking forward to? Yeah, just the challenge, Reese. Um, so we've been playing for a long time, Northern League cricket, and been picking up the Telegraph every weekend. And the Lanks League got about five pages, and Northern League got like a paragraph. You know, and we thought we were good players. We thought we were just as good as them. But, you know, you speak to people around the Blackburn area, you say you play for Darwin, and they're like, all right, you know. They didn't think we were any good. So it was a, it was a massive challenge to come in and prove that we could handle ourselves and uh, and just do a little bit better, hopefully. You know. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely fair. And I think what you're, what you're saying there about maybe a lot of people not, not taking us that seriously as, as, a, as a team... I think one thing that I remember thinking going into that season was that we were a bit of an unknown quantity. I feel like um, even though a few teams might have known a few of our players and maybe known that we'd had past success in the Northern League, I think we were coming in as, as nobody nobody really had their eyes on us. I think we just came in, we thought, right, we're going to play our, our cricket hard and fair and, and really give it a good go. And I think that's one thing that maybe even served us well. Uh, especially in the first half of that season, because obviously when we moved in, I think it had been decided that the first half of the season you'd play everybody, and then the second half it had been chopped into into two divisions. Hasn't it? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was obviously a lot of cricket to be played, but I think it, in a way it could have even served to our advantage. Um, so going into going into the second team season. Um, you three, as as senior members of the club, definitely, and pe- you know, three people who've played a lot of cricket, been involved in first and second team cricket over a period of time. What were your What were you thinking of your roles as players in that team? You know, what were you expecting yourselves to have to do or have to, you know, have to put yourself in place to make sure the team would succeed? If I'm coming to you, Greg, as skipper, what were you thinking? Um, so like the lads have said, we just wanted to set a bit of a marker, really. So from my point of view sort of leading by example, taking wickets. But it's good to have Lowy back after a couple of years, somebody in the middle order, because that's where we've been lacking. So, again, him leading by example with a bat. And I think if you look in the second division, there isn't a single opening ball that comes close to Cookie. So I think when we went into that season, it was obvious we had three or four players that other teams didn't quite have. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's fair. Though. I think you knew you knew, especially in these two that we've got on the cast with us, you knew that you had two former first team captains, two you know two people who'd put themselves on the line for for a win for the team. So as well as having all the experience, you knew that they were going in there with the with the will to win, and obviously the you know real team players as well. Um, yeah, I think that's what we'd like before we the last couple of years in Northern League, we'd had sort of a mixture of people at the end of the career and like really young lads coming in and it was sort of hard to find a balance. So I went into the first Lancashire League season with a pretty balanced team. Yeah, yeah, that's and that that is what you'd say you, you really need, isn't it? Especially going into a new campaign. It's that security of knowing that you have a you have a solid team with you. Um if I come over to you, Cookie, um you'd been playing um second team cricket 
up to 2017 um, for a few years, hadn't you? So I think you would you say that you maybe felt revitalised going into this new new league as a, as an opening baller? Yeah, just just couldn't wait, couldn't wait to get going. Um, Winternet just talking to one or two old vets. They were saying, you know, it's just got a second team as we've had for a bit. We did have all sort of bases covered, and we had a, I thought we had a real good chance that for as long as the first team didn't pinch too many of us too often of really a chance to winning something. We were confident. We'd spoken to, I think me and Lloyd spoken to a couple of lads from East Lanks, uh, Lloyd and Paul, Paul Kelly, is it? The other lad. And, yep. uh, and they, yeah, they were saying we, we've got a fair chance and they just let us know that, you know, one or two good teams knocking around. Some really poor teams as well. And yeah, it just gives even more confidence that we're going to come in and, and, and do the business. Yeah. No, that um, you know, it does sound like you went into that season with the right attitudes and the right mindsets. And and like you said, I think one important thing, especially for for second team cricket, is um, is to make sure you do have a settled side, isn't it? Because it's difficult, especially like you say, if the first team have players unavailable or you know injuries, things like that. The 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 teams, the second team, really do suffer for it. I would say because obviously you do normally have your your best players or your players most informed taken away from you, which which obviously must be very frustrating. So having having that settled side, like you say, Cookie, must have been so important. Um, and lower yourself, obviously, you, you'd said that you uh, you'd had some time away from the game. You'd focused on other things. Um, so going going into this season, um, what what was running through your mind as, as your sort of role in that team? Um, first and foremost, I wanted to I wanted to enjoy the game. I wanted to have a good crack. Um, I wanted to love the game again, which I certainly have. Um, and then the sort of the competitor in me comes out and just wanted to win games. I wanted to perform. Uh, and I saw myself as that person who probably just um, sensible old Ed, really, while all these youngsters uh, came in and had a bit of fun. I were there for, for, the, for the long haul. But, uh, yeah, no, it was just uh, enjoyable times. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, uh, thanks for obviously reflecting on, on the start of the season there, um, lads. So if we go into the first game. Um, unfortunately, that first game was a washout weekend, wasn't it? I think for most people, um, we were due to have rotten stall. Um, obviously, I remember being up at their place and just watching it rain for about an hour and then we got sent home. Um, so if we actually look into what you could class as the first game, of the Lancashire League for Darwin. Uh, you were playing at Church away. Um, what would you say about that game in general, Greg? Um, I'll start with the Ronstow one week before, actually. They they turned up, and I think the average age of their team was something like 14, so I think we were a bit gutted that we didn't get on the pitch because <laughs> we'd have certainly picked up 12 points there, but obviously there was no chance. So, yeah, on to Church. Um, we didn't know what to expect. Obviously, their ground slopes a bit like ours, so it was sort of like a home game. It's only a 10-minute drive, which... Avoids the M6, like every Northern League ground. Um, tossing up with her captain, he was telling me sort of exactly how good they were the year before. He said they'd beaten all the best teams. They came third or fourth and sort of always challenged. So we weren't sure what to expect. He won the toss and batted and then Cookie and Nathan just took over. So probably best to bring Cookie in there. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite a wet day. And think about Nathan. When it's wet, he's, he's, he's lethal. He just skips in, like putting on his light run. I think he got a wicket with the first ball of the of the game, and that was it. We didn't look back. Nathan 
picked up four early ones. I think I chips in with one. And then uh, Gregor did as he as he always does, got the last five wickets. <laughs> <laughs> but not so many. And that was it, 76 all out. We're back in changing room in about an hour and a half. I remember um Adrian Darlington was the umpire, wasn't he? Yeah. Familiar face from the Northern Lakes. It was good to see him. Yeah, we're back in the changing room, patting each other on the back and yeah, looking forward to knocking them off. Yeah, um, obviously look, looking back at that game from a from a stats point of view, just looking at the scorecard, um, like you've, like you've alluded to there, Nathan looked very strong early, up taking four wickets, and and Greg obviously that's it's no mean feat coming on and, and taking five for, um, especially you know figures of six overs, five for twelve, um, you know very very tidy start to your actually career, um, and obviously looking into the second innings, uh, you've got JP. Zach Worley walking out and knocking off 76 runs from 17 overs. Uh, Lowe, how did you find your start to your actually camp? <laughs> I can't remember, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. No, just, I, you know, it must have just been a wonder to watch, that's all. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right, you I'm took a catch. You took a catch. Yeah, it was just good. It was good to be around. It was good to be around the boys uh, in the nice changing room again. Uh, good to be with Cookster and. All my good pals, so yeah, just enjoyed just being back. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And for and for once, them two didn't chase one outside off stump and get out. So yeah, <laughs> I seem to remember what was it JP at a six and actually raised his back because he doesn't hit them very often. Yeah, he did. That sounds yeah. like a very JP. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll talk us through it on uh, on WhatsApp after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if, if you're looking at that that first game that we that you actually played as a team, I really think that was a, a, a big message of intent that you sent out to the league and to everybody. Um, and as as I remember, um, obviously the, the first team beat Church as well. So I just think as a, as a club, I remember Graham as chairman. I think he, he said that he was very very proud that day of everybody that went out in a, in a tower shirt and played because everybody had sent out that positive um, sign of intent, and you know that we were gonna we were there to to win. You know, we were there to take teams on. So, for, for you guys to have a 10-wicket victory in your first game is um, no mean feat at all. So, congratulations on that one. Um, and then you moved on to beat Rishton, Bake Up. Um, in the Bake Up game, Lowy and Nathan both scoring unbeaten 50s. Um, you also had a... a remember, rip... remember it well. Remember it well. <laughs> Do you want to talk us through anything in that game there, Lowy? Just, uh, like you say, I got 50 and Nathan got 50. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're probably cold. Very steady we're not. Probably, yeah, talked him through it. Yeah. That's about <laughs> as far that's about as far as the memories go. No, yeah, just well it's it's all, all just a recap, isn't it? I mean looking through you had the uh, rained off game against Corn. I don't know if you guys remember. Um yeah, looking on here, it, it does sound like you were you had victory stolen away from you. Uh, Greg, go on, talk us through that one. Yeah, I think that was my fault to be honest. Um I think Cookie and Nath bowled all the way through in the first innings and they get like 80 or 90 or something like that, Corn. And then rain was forecast, but I kept the batting order the same, which was probably a mistake because we ended up something like 10 short, didn't we, when it got rained off? Yeah. You were too busy having your uh, tea, Gregor. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if we'd have changed the batting order a bit, there's probably a good chance we'd have won that easily, just sort of hindsight. Yeah, yeah, well, we we thought we had it, didn't we? Because we we still had about we started twenty overs to get eighty five, but then I think we started off 
fairly slowly, and then we had another rain break, didn't we? So we had, in the end, we had about five overs to get 50. And, yeah, yeah, we nearly got there, didn't we? But not yeah. quite. It, it all turned out. All turned out all right in the end, Gregor. It did. Don't beat, don't beat yourself up, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I, I suppose that's one of those games when you look back, look back on it with hindsight, like say, Greg, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, and all, all those experiences are going to do is just help you out as a captain, isn't it, to make those positive changes in future. Um, but I think that's, that's one, that's maybe a theme that ran through. So I remember that 2017 season, I remember it as being quite a wet one. You know, we had, yeah. we had plenty of rain, didn't we? So as a, as a skipper, obviously, that must be so frustrating in, in certain spots where maybe you know that you've got a game upcoming that you're really banking to win. So obviously, in, in that sense there, when you're in that winning position, I can understand it must have been very frustrating. Yeah, we nicked one later on in the season against Nelson that sort of made up for it. So, yeah, <laughs> a bit, still a bit frustrating. Yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure we will come on to that Nelson game. Um, looking, looking forward... Uh, you then had a good chase against East Lanks, um, where you managed to chase 226, uh, which obviously is, you know, that kind of chasing league cricket, um, no matter what standard you're playing at, you've got, to, you've got to have some application in your batting order, which it looks like um, you did with yourself, Lois, scoring, scoring 75 not out. Um, any, any callbacks of that game at all, fellas? I think Lois got a good one from this one. It was probably one of my my finest days on a cricket ground, to be honest. Uh, and I'm not I'm not on about my personal seventy five not out. Uh, so yeah, a good friend, good friend of mine, Mr. Daniel Lord. Been working with him for six years. Been talking about cricket every day for those six years. We've had loads of banter, and we finally get to play against each other. Um, and. The build-up was intense. The banter was intense. Uh, I've probably been thinking too much about it. I've probably built it up too much. And uh, he's uh, he's coming to bat. He loves Ian Bell. So he's like modelled himself on Ian Bell. Obviously, just, you know, probably about three Ian Bells, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, so he, he's, got, he's got his little wristband on like Ian Bell has and everything else like this. And so he he comes down the stairs, you know, big walk. He's on balcony. He stands up, puffs his chest out, comes down the steps at East Lanks, walks the hundred and thirty-four steps to the wicket. And I I've I've got a script. I'm ready. I've been planning for this moment for six years. The banter's there and everything else. Uh, I've got that many lines ready. And then I, I think it was Nathan came in and got him. I didn't even say anything that first ball because I knew he'd be expecting me to say something. So it's not like me to try and wind somebody up or get in the reds a little. So I just stayed silent and I didn't say anything. And and Nathan got him out first ball. <laughs> and again, I don't think I said much because I just felt for it, lad. And I were I were genuinely, I were genuinely, I were genuinely disappointed because I, I it weren't quite like at Chorley. Uh, Cooks do where I had a script for Weezer, yeah. but I had them. I had them ready to roll. I had line <laughs> after line after line ready to go, and I was genuinely disappointed that Nathan got him out first ball. Uh, and then obviously he was distraught. I think he sat on balcony on his own, uh, and then I don't think situation would help where me and Scotty put on a few runs. Uh, I think I hit the winning runs, and you know I went over and shook his hand and. It's probably the worst thing you can do with a pal is that you can actually genuinely show remorse and feel sorry for him rather than take it Mickey. So it was a 
It was a magical day, that one, Reese. Magical. It, it sounds it. And um, I think any, anybody who's anybody who played football, especially if they're worth having in those mid mid to late 2000s, um, obviously Lordy did play a bit of football. That's where I certainly met him. And always a fierce competitor. I've never, I've never been able to play cricket against him. But playing football with him, yeah, fierce competitor. And I'm, I can imagine that day that day maybe still haunts him to this day. Um, but no, obviously a gr- brilliant win for the team. And like you mentioned then, obviously yourself, 75 not out, Scott Jackson, 63. So, you know, again, just a real solid batting performance from the sounds of it to chase, chase 220. Um, and then, yeah, moving moving on uh, swiftly, beating Enfield um, shortly after. I think you came to quite a big game in your season uh, for any Blackburner, big game. We had Burnley away. Um Ended up being uh, a relatively close win, I'd say. DCC winning by 27 runs, uh, scoring 216 in the first innings and then managing to restrict Burnley to 189. Looking back at that game, Gregor, any any memories of that one? Um, yeah, I was at a wedding that day, so I didn't play. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, I think Laurie was the captain or a cook. Yeah. No, my third had just been born, so I missed that one. So, uh, Laurie was... Uh, the reins. I think lower then. So with that, with your two senior men uh, away on other business, how, how how do you recall this game? Well, we were we were rudderless. You know, we were we didn't have a, <laughs> we didn't have any we didn't have any leaders. Obviously, I was very nervous and didn't have a plan about being captain or anything. Um, so we, uh, we yeah we stepped out. We managed to get a, a decent score on it um, on the board. Um, then we went out. They were cruising. To be honest, they were going. They were going towards a, a win, um, you know, and we sort of acknowledged that they were probably early contenders for us for the the title and stuff. So we realised the importance of the game, um, and then I can I can sort of remember the what we did at Leyland during uh, Petrie times where we just got in the Reds, and I just thought right we've got to do somebody here. Um, so I just I just fell out with a few people from their team. Most notably, one person who was going to win the game for him, um, and I just got in his face and politely said a few things. There were there were no reason to fall out with him. I just fell out with him, um, and got in got in the reds a little bit. And anyway, it, we got a wicket very soon after, um, and then the rest followed. Really, they they sort of buckled under a bit of pressure and there were a, there were a bit a bit of, of banter and and everything else. Um, Best bit about it was we. Uh, I went up to the the person in person in question, Mr. Steve Brunt from Burnley, and I, I apologised after the game. And he said, "You don't need to apologise. I knew exactly what you were doing, but you it bloody work, you, you know." And he called me a few names after that, so I, that was another highlight. But it just shows the the power of uh, sort of the mind and the 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 off the field stuff as well as being talented. But yeah, we were two two good teams that year, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think looking looking into that game, like you just mentioned there, with them chasing it, it looked like they were roughly around um, around a hundred hundred for one. Um, so if obviously you're you're posting that score of, of two hundred and sixteen uh, first innings, and obviously the opposition get off to a bit of a flyer, it can be worrying times. Um, looking at the bowling performances from the team, you've got wickets from Nathan uh, Nathan Jackson, <clears throat> uh, Chris Crompton. Uh, you had. CD uh, taking fourth, seems like he's he's rolling back the years uh, a little bit there with that performance. Obviously, it must have must have felt good as 
come stepping in as, as skipper to, to kind of guide home that win with uh, with quite a young team. I'd say the the only senior members of the side there were probably yourself, CD, and and Mark Bennett. You know, so you probably had quite a young quite a young side there. So it's no no small feat to beat Burnley at their place. Yeah, we uh, well obviously we had to step up with captain and vice captain deserting us and biggest game at season. Um, so we just rotated the ball in really, and uh, yeah, I think Cromo and, and CD obviously did a did a decent job, and they all took uh, important wickets at uh, valuable times. Definitely, definitely. Um, moving moving swiftly forward in the season, uh, the league season anyway. Um, you then suffered a defeat to Clitheroe um, by seventy four runs. Uh, looking back at the scorecard, Willow scoring fifty seven seemed like he showed a bit of resistance and potentially showing maybe some of his some of his qualities as a as at that time he was a young lad. Uh, I think he would have been sixteen at that time. Uh, any any memories of that game at all, fellas? Because I think you would have classed Clitheroe maybe alongside Burnley as definitely one of your rivals for the league, wouldn't it? wouldn't you? Yeah, it's another one we probably should have had a chance at winning, to be honest. I think Nath did his hamstring after seven overs, which didn't help. But we had him in a decent position until Farouk Butt, that proed for a couple of clubs in uh, Ribblesdale League, comes in at about seven and eight for their second team. He got hold of a couple after we dropped him early on and sort of took it away from us. And then we never got going, apart from Willow with a bat. But if we'd have sort of held that chance, you never know, we might have put up a bit more of a fight and won the game. I think that I think that game stood us in good stead for the rest of the season because I think that was the only game that season where uh, pressure affected us and we made a lot of bad decisions myself, uh, myself included, where I think I tried to uh, put a bit of pressure on the spinner early doors and, and hit him over the top, whereas normally I would never probably do something like that until we're in a really good position. So... Um, it was a it was a good wake up call, and we are actually talking about it. I think everybody learned from that game, so it was a it was a good learning curve that fixture. Yeah, I was a bit I was a bit gutted because I'd gone up to the first team that day. We'd had we'd had a really good win against Cliverow at home, and then the news came through you got beat. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know mixed emotions that day. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... I think, like like you've alluded to earlier, I think um, sometimes in within failure, you've got the biggest opportunity to learn. And I'd say in a in a defeat like that, where maybe it might have looked like a quite a convincing defeat, um, in those situations, it's it's down to you as a team to pick yourselves up and dust yourself down and, and be ready to move on. And obviously, going through the season, it really did seem like not it wasn't maybe a turning point, but like you just said, then it, it stood you in good stead for the rest of the year. Um, you then moved on to beat Tobberden in what looks like quite a close win where you chased 157, finishing eight wickets down. Again, uh, another 50 for Willow. So this is this might seem like a bit of maybe foreshadowing for the for the talent that Willow's had um, as, a, as a young 16-year-old batsman in the side. Um, any, anything to comment there, Greg, really, on, on the contributions that Willow had been making at that time? Um, I think early season, we probably batted him a bit low. I think he was like six or seven. And then he moved up to three around about this time. And obviously, he's a naturally aggressive batter. But the way he was hitting it that season, he sort of got us off to a flyer every game, which took a bit of pressure off everyone else in the order. He was scoring pretty much a runner ball, which meant with Lowy coming in after him, he could play his natural game and we were always going to score quick. But I think that was the first season, obviously, he started to score consistently. Yeah. I think that's a fair shout. Um, Lowy, yourself as a batter, what 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 did you see in Willow at the time? 
Um, just a bit of a free spirit, really, and that just just that great place to be where he wasn't thinking about his game. It just naturally flowed. Um, there was nothing in his mind worrying about performances. It, it just came all natural to him, and he he, he got the license from Greg. He, he didn't get any uh, sort of expectations, any targets, any sort of uh, stick if he did, if it didn't come off. And I think he just he just really reveled in that in that freedom that he had in that role at, at number three, really. And I think it it suited him. There wasn't a lot of pressure. Uh, and we, we certainly had a, a good talent on our hands. I, I definitely think that's uh, that's very fair to say. Um, and Cookie, other other than him having uh, a fantastic first name, what qualities did you see in, in Willow as a batsman that that you that you maybe looked at as, a, as from a bowling point of view? What did you what made you think? I, I don't know if I fancy bowling at Willow when he's in form. Yeah, I think yeah, what he did, he used to punish the. the poorer bowlers, you know, whereas the rest of the team might just stroke it around and milk him. He'd be clearing the ropes. And it made a big difference. Now, he learned that season how to build an innings as well. And he did learn it off Lowy, to be fair. He used, he, used, he used to tell me he used to love watching Lowy bat and how he used to build an innings. So, yeah, it was good to watch. And, and he played some really good knocks for us that year. But that, that game against Tom Wooden, that was our... Um, there was a bit of needle that game. I don't know if anyone else remembers. I think they won it the title that, the year before, and they were coming to beat us, but it didn't turn out like that. For them. And it was our first meeting with the the Twitter legend Gaz Pigsy. <laughs> we, we hadn't really we hadn't really heard of him then. But I don't know if anyone else remembers it. He opened bat and then the car was bowling, and uh, and he's one of those batters that just took about. Five minutes just to take his guard, have a look round the the pitch at the fielders, have another look round, and then pad it, pad the wicket down, go back and have another look round. And I could hear everyone telling him, like we're in an England game and stuff like that. And uh, and they were giving him a bit of grief, and I think I think we give him a little bit. They were they were batting. I guess for many, he only made seven. But then I think when we came out to bat, they were, they were giving us a bit back in reply. I remember Dougie saying he got quite a bit. And, um, yeah, one or two didn't shake hands after and uh, and they didn't come at bar either, did they? I don't think, Greg. No, so I remember him walking off first, just not looking at anyone with his hands in his pockets and thought, like, who the hell's that? And it turns out, obviously, it's Pigsy. <laughs> yeah, he, was, uh, he, he really, we all knew about him by the end of the season. He was, he was making Twitter worthwhile. Was all pigs here with his uh, cheetah rock. Can't yeah. believe it took you 40 minutes to get him mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, a legend. I think um, I think anybody involved in Langshuli cricket with a Twitter account has, has definitely heard <laughs> the name Daz Pigsy. Um, and I think I think in those instances, it probably just makes the victory that much sweeter, doesn't it? If you have, um, I don't know if he's a, an avid listener of the DCC podcast, but <laughs> if uh, if you do have a, a sore loser on another team, it does tend to make it that much sweeter, doesn't it? Copy yeah, him, in. copy him in, copy him in on Dougie's tipped him off. He might be getting a mention. Well, I think he'll definitely be listening then. So, good evening, Mr. Pigsy. Um... Copy, copy Burnley in as well. <laughs> and Lordy. My, my mate Brunty, he'll be all over it. And I'm sure we've got a few from Colne to come up as well. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Um, 
So, yeah, mo- moving on from that Tottenham win, um, you go on to beat Great Harwood and then you have a bit of a... Well, you gave Hasenden a bit of a beating at home. Um, 55 not out for JP in that game against Hasenden. Um JP is a as a player who had definitely spent some time as a teenager away from the cricket club. I think as a, as a late teenager, he went on to play tennis, and I think he was interested in his work. And you know, he had some time away from the club. And when he came back in, he'd obviously spent a lot of time working on his batting. Um, he came back in as an opening batter. Um, so, Greg, you as skipper, um, having a, a lad like JP in your side, what's what's your thoughts on JP as a batsman? Um, when he's in form, he's perfect for opening the bat and he's just sometimes a bit frustrating because he's got unbelievable ability to open the bat and certainly in second team cricket there's not many better around he's got a good defence he sometimes just gets into his head he has to be a bit more aggressive so innings like the 55 not out is perfect for us especially when you've got people like Willow batting around him there's no reason JP shouldn't be scoring four or five hundred runs a year for us every year really Definitely, I think uh, I think JP is definitely a steady Eddie going in at the top of the order, and, and like you said, I think it's it's probably important that he remembers things like you know he doesn't need to worry about hitting the ball hard or clearing the ropes because at the end of the day, like you just said, when he's on form and he's playing his game, he has got so much ability. Um, Lowy, what what do you see in JP? Oh, I love J. I love JP. He's one. Of, he's probably one of my top five people in the world, to be honest. Uh, yeah, just just a good person. Um, he's got talent and I think uh, experience will be a really good thing for JP because the, the minute he realises what he is and what he isn't I think we'll see real benefits to his game Definitely fitting, fitting words there for JP um, and like you just said then you know, as a, if you're looking at him as a person I would always class him as, as definitely a positive person to have in a, in a dressing room and on, on the pitch somebody who tends to try and look at the bright side of the situation um, Cookie any, any thoughts? Yeah he's, um, he's definitely Dolan Cricket Club's biggest uh, Harry Potter fan <laughs> uh, I think he's, he's quiet on the field like Lowy will be like, "Come on, John, say something and clap your hands," and and he won't. He just keeps <laughs> quiet. And uh, and I tell you what, the, I've never known the ball in terms of catches, chances go to anyone as much as it goes to John. I bet he gets about ten catches a season and about fifteen drops as well. <laughs> but he's always we need, up to, there. We, need, we need to work on his uh, fundamentals and movement as well. Yeah, yeah, and and that's it. That's that's one of the funniest things because he's got a really distinct running style, <laughs> and he's so so he's running after the ball, and all you can hear is Lowy going kick and flick, John. He <laughs> 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 got it all wrong. He, he's like whatever primary school he went to. They, they certainly didn't do, do any ABCs with 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 Um I think I've always related his running style to a to a, a figure skater trying to speed skate. I think he, he glides, <laughs> glides across the grass. Um, but yeah, move, moving moving through the season there, um, you then went on to beat Lower House, Accrington, and Nelson, which was a sort of convincing finish to to July for you. Um, if we carry on looking with the league campaign <clears throat> going into early August, you came up against Clitheroe again this time at home. Um, Greg, just before we actually talk about the result of that game, going into first and obviously they they beaten you away. What were your thoughts going into this game against obviously one of your rivals? 
Yeah, it was it was the first game of sort of the second part of the season. I think we were third. Burnley and Clitheroe were top two. I'm not sure which order. We couldn't quite work out how we were third because we'd only lost one game. Um, I think the bonus point system sort of confused us for the first few weeks. But we knew we were probably better than any other team in the league. It was just sort of getting out there and proving it. So we beat Clitheroe at home in the cup in the first round. So we just wanted to put that sort of performance in again. And I think pretty much from ball one, we dominated that game. It definitely looks that way. Um, I think obviously you, you guys have, have gone in. Um, you've gone into that game with obviously a, a run of wins on your back and probably full of confidence. Um, batting first, looking at the scorecard, you've got Reese Willits again chipping in with, with 60. Uh, yourself, Lowe, 15 and out. Um, looks obviously Willow's innings of a, a 60 or 47 balls. Yourself, 50 not out off 99. Um, would you say that you, you really did kind of just go through that innings, talking Willow through it and just kind of, you know, easing his path through his score? Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, it was a good knock. Um, yeah, it was just a case of talking people through it that season, I think, and uh, just being around, really, and then just letting just letting Reese enjoy his game and, and whack it and stick to the the positives and the strengths of his game. And then there were probably other people that, around that day that, you know, that did did similar thing. I think it probably the, the nature of my innings were more on the, the significance of the game and the opponents and, and what it meant for the future. Yeah, I think on that one, I remember their, their opening ball is sort of bold, medium pace, but really steady on the spot. And he'd taken something like 30 wickets. I think Willow hit him out of the ground two or three times early on and he ended up coming off after four or five overs, which was sort of really good for us because I think they bank on him bowling 12 and obviously not going for so many runs, which to hit him out of the attack that early set down a mark, I think. Yeah, definitely from the sounds of it there. It sounds like Willow obviously took the game to him um, and you had a, you, well, I wouldn't say a late knock, but you had Sam Chapman-Jones coming into uh, I'm, I'm sure, boom, boom, I'm boom, sure boom. the Bish Bash Bosch 68. <laughs> if we're going to have a quick word on Sam Chapman Jones, obviously a person who's been involved with the club a lot longer than maybe some people might think. He's he's played, I would say, the best part of fifteen years at the club, probably since he was a very young kid coming down playing junior cricket. Having a lad like him in the side, fellas, what you know? Because obviously, having played with him myself, such a he's such a positive character, such a happy-go-lucky chap. Um, and obviously, when you put a bat in his hands, he's a, he can be a big, big danger to any ball. So, what, what's your thoughts on him, fellas? I, I just uh, if he lasts one, if he lasts the first ball, <laughs> then you know you could be in, you could be in for something special. I, I generally can't watch his first ball, but yeah, when he gets going, there's probably, they might argue, but he's, he's probably the cleanest striker of the ball in the club. Uh, you know, and when he gets going, you can't you can't stop him. Uh, I think uh, it was the year after we played in first team at Wolves, and and he just took a part there, pro, and and maybe the opening bowler, uh, and he got something like forty or not out, plus five or six overs, just smashing it all over the place. So when he gets going, he's uh, you can't stop him. Mm. Lowe, uh, obviously we, we've we've alluded to you being more of um, more of a steady batsman, build the innings, right. talk Thanks. through t- you know talk through the young lads through the innings. So how do you see a, a Sam Chapman Jones type character in that batting lineup? Does he does he bring a good balance to the side? 
Yeah, well, same as a talent. He's got a great eye. He's a lovely lad. Got a great family around him. Um, somebody like Sam, I think it's I think it's up to the rest of the team to set it up for him. Uh, if you put him in a position where, as a team, where he's not comfortable, then it's it's simply not going to happen. But that day was perfect for him. In that, um, I think me and Will had set it up. And if a team sets up a situation for um, boom boom, there's no better person to have in your in your armory than uh, Sam, really. So I think you know it's it, that comes down to you, like your planning and your your team structure and being quite fluid in your plans like Greg is and he stuck him in there and he, he did the business so I think all, all Sam's greatest innings have happened when the team set it up for him for him to for the magic to happen yeah definitely I think uh, in, in him as a batsman when you give him that platform and he almost can go out with that freedom to play his game um, you know he's, he's just as likely to to really get it right you know get a 150, 200 strike rate going like he has done in, on many occasions. I think my fondest memory of, of one of his innings was when uh, 2018 with the first team played away at Walsdon and uh, and we'd we'd had a relatively steady start to the innings um, and I feel like we were 140, 150 mm-hmm. for three. Uh, we had Dan as sub-pro that game and he, he played a great knock. And their, their pro, I can't remember his name now, Walsdon's pro, but Sri Lankan spinner, he'd taken many, many wickets through the season and basically, at the end of the innings, I think we had Wade and Sam Chapman Jones in, and the pro had one more over. And we were, like, we were all willing, Sam, to just, just see him off, just leave it, block it, do whatever you need to do. And I think he's pulling left arm spin at Sam, and he's just tried mashing every ball that he's bowled at him. And I think he hit him for three sixes and that over out the ground at Walsdon. And it's just, it just goes to show that he's the, the courage that he has in his ability and the belief he has to just, it doesn't matter who's chucking him down at him. If it's, if it's in the slot, it's going. And, you know, it's fantastic to, to watch him play when he's in full flow, definitely. Um, looking at this game against Clitheroe, you've, you ended up winning um, 60 for Willow, 50 not out for yourself. We'll always 68 for Sam Chapman-Jones. Looking at the ballers as well, obviously Nathan again coming in with three for CD, four for, you know, really rolling back the years for himself. Um Moving again through the season, away again at Burnley. I think obviously when the league had, had split, obviously fixtures started getting thrown around and you guys got the chance to go and play away at Burnley again. Uh, looking back at that game, Gregor, what are your thoughts? Um, I think this is probably the game that won us the league. I think they were top again and we were second. And I think we won by about five or six, something like that in the end. I think... From memory, Scott and Nathan put on a really good partnership and then we won in the last over. But I remember it being a really competitive game again, like a bit of verbal on both sides and just good competitive cricket, which that season we tended to win the little moments that sort of win your, win your games and win your leagues. And we did it again here. I think from memory, like I say, they needed something like 10 off a couple of overs and we managed to get the last wicket. Yeah, it seems it does seem like um, like it was again quite quite a tough contest, and in the end, maybe not as it doesn't come across as close and a fair um, on the scorecard as it actually was. Um, but yeah, looking at that game, seventy three and out for for Nathan opening the batting uh, in that first innings. Um, you know, Nathan as a player, I think obviously this this was the season where he'd come back into cricket properly wasn't it because obviously he had his shoulder injury in seasons in the seasons before um i think was he a big player for you in that in that season would you say uh, Lowy? 
Yeah, I think all successful teams that I've I've played in uh, have always had a good opening partnership and any any opposition that you can have two or three wickets down for not a lot puts you in a really good position. So we were really fortunate and we had a nice blend to the attack. You had, you had Cookie coming in, bowling them in swingers, taking wickets and then you had Nathan just just hitting really good areas consistently. So we consistently found ourselves in a really good position where we were, uh, the opposition were, you know, 15, 20 for three, whatever. So we were always in a strong position and Nathan, both bat and ball, was a massive part of that team that year. Yeah, from my point of view, he took, he balances the team up really nicely because he can bat anywhere in the top five. Bowling-wise, you know he's not going to go for many more than three and over. So it almost fills two spots in one play, which is, Perfect from a captaincy point of view. Yeah, I think uh, I think any, any any team really looks to have those, those all rounder roles, don't they? Those people, like you said, Greg, who can bat anywhere in your top five and come on and open the ball in the same game. I think Nathan really showed his value through the whole season. Looking into this game in particular, like we've said Nathan with the seventy-three and out. Um, you guys finished on one hundred and seventy-three. Um, looking into Burnley's second innings, um, they have an opening batter by the name of Shah, who seems like he, he went he went on a pretty steady knock early on. He, he ended up getting 62. Um, looking at that game, Cookie, what were your thoughts? Yeah, he was decent, actually. I think I bowled most of my balls. In. It was a bit wet. I didn't really enjoy it, actually, bowling that day. Nathan bowled all right. Um, definitely a mention for CD. He, he picked up the five. He's something Greg closed it off. They've got a decent start. And then Greg and CD bowled really well and it was nice for CD, actually, because it, it come back in. I mean, this is CD who prepped through the 90s and early 2000s. We're taking 40, 50 wickets a season, you know, at second season, knowingly second season. And, uh, yeah, he'd just come back from playing golf that year, another one who'd come back playing. And he was just struggling a bit. He'd lost his swing, which is his main asset. So, uh, yeah, he, he really pulled it, uh, you know, helped us win that massive game, really. And going back to Nathan, I'd probably say that Nathan's maybe, if I've been playing senior cricket 30 years, he's probably my favourite uh, opening bowling partner. Because he, like like Lloyd said, he just he does compliment me. He doesn't bowl a bad ball. And, and when it's wet on days like that, he's miles better than me. I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish when it's wet. So, yeah, it's, it is a good partnership. I really like bowling well, I'm glad. I'm glad to know that you remember those fondly those days of opening the ball in with me, Cookie. I'm glad that you. you <laughs> yeah. I think, I think yeah. you're spot on there. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like we've just mentioned there, Nathan's qualities uh, are there for all to see, especially when he's on with the bat and the ball. Brilliant asset to have in a side. Um, so yeah, obviously you've got the big win there against Burnley. Um, and then looking through the through the rest of the league season against Tomberdon, Loy, which uh, must be quite a personal highlight for yourself, um, scoring a hundred and twenty-two not out, and having a, a good partnership with one of your good friends, one of all of our good friends, Scott Jackson. Uh, he's him scoring eighty-two. What do you recall from that day, Loy? Um, just that it just a, obviously a very special day. Uh, Probably one of my, my proudest moments, and it were just um, remember just looking back and uh, like just being proud that my my dad were there. Obviously, um, looking over at my dad when it happened, I can remember Emma driving on. Somebody must have messaged her when I were in the eighties or something like that, 
Um, and my dad, I, I, I've been at nineties like three times, I think. Uh, and uh, it, that that one was certainly for my dad. So it was just a, just a special day, really. Oh, fantastic! And, and you know, like you say, those those days are, are those special memories that you know nobody can take away from you. And the 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 reason that we all play cricket for to look back and and remember those special games. So, it, and from the sounds of it, really, really special knock. Any, anything to add to that, Greg, about the knock? Oh uh, no, it, like in control all the way through. We just Lowy actually scored quite quickly that day, and everyone else batted round him, which meant we got to get over two fifty, I think, from memory. Uh, in that game, you scored. Sorry, one second. I need to turn my page. Two five two. Two five two. It was. Yeah. There you go. I think. My... Cookie, that's good starts. That cut. <laughs> uh, my standout <laughs> from that game is we were, when we were trying to bowl them out later on in the innings to get a couple of bonus points. Myself and Zach were sort of throwing it up even slower than usual to try and get this lad out. Who just kept pumping us out of the ground, and Zach was quite angry at that. I think. <laughs> I remember his figures, but I remember never, he went for quite a never, lot. Never, yeah. never. We were trying to buy a couple of wickets, and I don't think it worked, and I think we went for a lot. Well, that's that's the way the game goes sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> um, and yeah, again, with that game, big, big knock from Lowy, getting yourselves a big, big first inning score up, um, and then steady bowling figures from the team. Yourself, Greg, getting three for, CD again, uh, getting three for. Um, and then I do want to move sort of a big jump, really, to that to that last game of the season, Um you were playing Haslinden away. Um, so at this point, obviously, it's kind of... It wasn't in the balance as such, but obviously it wasn't. there was nothing done by that point, was there, Greg? No, I think we'd been a bit unlucky as well because Clitheroe's first team were in some sort of competitions and like progressing through. Their second team kept playing on Saturdays, which we had three games rained off towards the end of the season. I think they only had one, which meant that them and Burnley both sort of caught up to us because they were playing on different days. So we obviously had to win the last game, which having lost only one game all the way through, we thought we'd have it sewn up by then. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like we said, the weather played a massive, massive part in that season, I think, for everybody. But um, but yeah, if we're going to look at that game, um, what what would you say, looking back, Cookie, as that game, obviously you, you've played yourself in a lot of big games. Um, looking back, you're batting first. Um what were your thoughts through that innings? Yeah, it was another wet day and uh, there'd been a lot of rain around, you'll remember. So the track wasn't wasn't the best. No, no it was like no the outfield. Fault. Yeah, no fault of Aslington. It just it had just rained for about a month, hadn't it? And we'd gradually seen our big lead get eroded. And then you think back to all those times during the season where we got we must have got, got a nine down about four or five times and missed out on the bonus points. And me and Greg were saying, there's half a chance we could end up not winning this league here after only losing one game. So we were a little bit apprehensive going into it. Uh, I think we lost a toss and got put in. And then um, I remember just because we were up on the balcony at Aslinden, we were walking out. Uh, and uh, you could hear them in their changing room, come on, Burnley, you know. So they, they were up for it. They were really up for giving us a big game. They, they didn't want us to win the league. And um, they started off well. That big lad there, Jeffrey, ball well. So, yeah, that was in a bit of trouble. We could never really get going. And then um, it was left to Scott Jackson, and he probably played. Well, he played his best knock of the season, definitely. Full of character, you know, because we were in trouble, really. And, uh, yeah, he got 53 not out, batted really well. 
Yeah, I think looking looking on the scorecard there, I think um, if we're looking at Scott as a batsman, definitely there's so much talent and ability there. And he's very, very, I'd say very calm um, person, doesn't really tend to get het up or, you know, take, take on the, the pressure, anything like that. So obviously a knock of uh, 53 and a half for him. Um, first in injury post, 148. What were you thinking, Greg, there half-time? Were you happy? Yeah, I think we were struggling earlier on. Like I say, Scott dragged us into a total, which on that wicket should have been more than enough, really. It was like wet, green, hard to score on. So I think we were pretty confident. Wade had messaged me during the week beforehand because he used to play at Aslington saying they had one player. If you got him out, you'd probably win. So, yeah, we were quite confident. Good stuff, good stuff. And then obviously going into the, the second innings, you guys go out to ball. Um, obviously, I remember playing um, playing at home that day. Um, I can't actually remember how how our game went in in particular, but what I do remember is just slowly more and more cars were just driving off the ground. Um, cause I remember my mum and dad drove off, uh, and then at one point Jeff and Marilyn drove off, and and I suppose it's it's not a point that you really think too hard on. But then obviously we'd we'd heard that they'd gone over to Hasingdon to go and see you guys. Um, so going through. Because I do remember there is a video of, of the moment um, where you guys took the wicket that, that sealed it for yourselves. Um, so go on, what were the feelings on the pitch at that time, Lowe? What what were the thoughts going through your head? Well, it was one of my highlights, looking back, that we, we got a chance to whip. Come, a couple of the Burnley players have come over to watch because yeah. they, <laughs> they realised like, the magnitude of it. Um, like The pitch was terrible. Aslingdon had no, done no time or effort on this terrible wicket. Um, it looked like it were going against us. And then we dragged it back. Uh, and there were there were like three or four stood at like the um, the end like the the end where the road is. And they were watching the game and it, it was just slowly going towards us. And then we were there were eight, nine wickets down, and then you know, we got involved and we started waving at them and then they knew we were going to win, so we, we gave them a good send off back to Burnley. Um, and then, uh, probably, oh, it was fantastic when we when we took that final wicket and we had a massive, like you say, a lot of people had come over. They were down at the bottom end of the ground, they were a bit damp. And then we all ran down to the bottom and we all like were sliding on our knees and all sorts were going on. I, I remember knee sliding to, to Matthew and completely missed him, went through his legs, mm-hmm. took him out and uh, some great memories. The the, the pictures of, of that day with the, uh, well, I think we made a point of having a picture with all like the families and everybody who come over to watch us. And that, that picture was a very sort of fond memory really, because it, it's about what DC is about, like the, the memories and the families and stuff. Definitely, I think, um, and like like you've like you've just alluded to there, it was um, from I say from an outsider's point of view, from from my point of view, uh, to see in the in the WhatsApp group and on Twitter and everything else, just the the real kind of squad feel, the squad vibe that you all gave off. It wasn't a, a, a case of just eleven people celebrating a win. It was it was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen people that had all been part of your journey through the season. And you were you were all very inclusive, and you know you wanted everyone to really feel part of that moment. Because, like you said, go with a really, really special memory. And I think that's an important point you make, Reese. In that, what you talk about there with the sort of the, the squad unity, and I think that comes out in the in the picture from the the cup final, which I'm, I presume you're going to go on to. But that that picture is great, and that you've got 
you've got 15 or 16 lads who, who are just there as a, as a team and a squad. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly that. And, um, and like you just alluded to there, because obviously we talked um, quite, a, quite a length there about your, your league campaign. Because obviously the, the fantastic thing about winning a league, I, w- I wouldn't know, but um, <laughs> the fantastic thing about winning a league must be that you know you've done it over such a long period of time and it's, and it's time, effort, uh, preparation, everything's gone into it and, and you've ended up getting your reward at the end. Um, if we're looking into your cup campaign, the, uh, the, te- the is it the Telegraph Cup it's called? Um, your first two rounds, uh, steady wins beating Clitheroe and Nelson. Um, going into the semi-final at Accrington, um, if I want to just highlight a performance in there, um, Willow scoring his first senior 100. Um, lads, what do, we, what do we recall from that day? Um, I think we didn't bowl very well and they got way more than we ever thought they would, which I think we turned up with us being towards the top of the league and then being towards the bottom, thinking we play well, we'll win. And then at half-time, it was sort of, ah, they've got 200 on the board, we're going to have to bat well. And I think from the moment Willow went into bat, we never looked in any danger after that. He just played perfectly all the way through. He was playing sensible shots. And then when the spinner came on, he attacked him and took him out of the ground, which sort of... We won comfortably, which was odd, chasing 200. I think um, I would say looking at that scorecard, like you just said, Accrington 216 in the first innings, um, you know that you need somebody to, to really cash in, get in there, dig in and, and score a steady steady innings. And if, if you're going to score 100 not out and chase down 216, uh, as I alluded to before, as a young 16, 17-year-old lad, it's, it's quite a feat. Um, and it's a feat that not many... Dawn, as I'd say, have done at that age. Um, I think looking at that game, Cookie, what would you, what would you have to say there about Willow? Yeah, that that was his best knock of the season, and uh, yeah, like I said, it was a I think it was a hot day as well. But he um, when he come off, he was knackered. Um, but yeah, he just just come on that age to go out in a big game when we're under pressure and just turn the game on its head. Um, it was just brilliant. He's full of confidence. I'm just thought I've got a really special, special player here. Mm, yeah, and I think, like we mentioned earlier on about his, his 50s and his steady knocks early in the season, I really think that, you know, you could have seen it building up to a moment like this for him where he was really going to cash in big and, and score a big score in what turns out to be a hugely contributory score to, to your guys' success in, in the campaign. So, you know, I think that must have been a very, very special moment for him and, and his family, I'm sure. Um, looking into the final then uh, you're away at Corn. Um it's obviously the forecast is a bit sketchy uh, from, what I, from what I remember of that day you end up batting first uh, lost the toss Greg um, what were your thoughts as that innings kind of kicked off uh, well I was watching the Open that day I was at uh, watching Jordan Spiethacker around the practice ground so yeah, I missed the cup and I think Cookie was captain <laughs> And I just want to let you know that we all knew this, but we have to just ask you why. It was my 30th birthday and the Open was on things. So... <laughs> it's a Telegraph Cup, Greg. I know that. Oh, in fairness, I never used to get picked for Cup partners, so I thought I was pretty safe with that one. Well, you, you, should, have a, you should have a good chance if you're a captain. I know. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to say that excuse is out the window now, Greg, because even you won't pick yourself. No, I managed to make it back. I managed to play the... He got told. He got told he were going. Come on, let's be honest. I managed to make it for the Monday night, uh, second day of it. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Obviously, <laughs> so looking at the game, um, 
it seems as though it was a bit of a struggle early on. Would you agree, Cookie, uh, with the bat? Yeah, it was. Um, I'll just, just run you through it. Me and Lloyd was like joint captains that day. I, I went and shook hands with it captain and the umpires and did the batting and, and moved the ball in around and then just left the field positions to Lowy because he, he takes over anyway. So, is, that, is, that joint, is that what you call joint captains, eh? <laughs> Something like that. And, uh, and just going, just thinking about that season, the, the team talks in the in the changing room went something like Greg just running through the opposition and, you know, and where we're at. And then I just pick up maybe one point about what we could do better. And then Lowy would probably say a few words, and he's quite good at that. He speaks a lot of sense. And then uh, just as we were about to go out, Dougie would normally chip up. Come on, you what we can beat these effing maggots. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's effing get stuck into it. <laughs> <laughs> They're effing shit, these lot. Let's get them beat. And, uh, and then, What's like, the point in the effing? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and then, like, Reese and Zach would probably pick their ears up at that point and go, yeah, come on. <laughs> they haven't been listening before. So, yeah, we always had some good team talk. And, uh, yeah, so it's a wet day. And I think Colm had actually, they actually had, they had the best side that they'd had all season playing from that day. The open ball and the lad Clark, I think, they played a lot of first team. And they bowled really, really well. It was, it was a real struggle. So what were we twenty four to three something like that, and then and then it was just really good after that. Reese Willets did well, cameo from Brownie, Dougie stuck in. Uh, but you know, uh, credit here for Benny. I don't think we've mentioned him much tonight. But yeah, he's, he's twenty two not out. Um, I think I came in at uh, ten, and we still was only like we're only on one forty. Me and Benny put on about thirty. It was just about then. I think we just thought we just got the upper hand, but I think I think up to that point they they were all over us for the first sort of thirty thirty overs. Yeah, um, looking looking at that scorecard like you've uh, like you've alluded to there, Cookie, it just seems like it was um, it was a case of just some of the lads just trying to dig in, get yourselves up to a score that that you could defend, or obviously you could go out and ball ball at. Um, <clears throat> Lowy. Uh, I'm guessing that you've known Mick Douglas for quite a while. Um, was it was it quite nice to see him go out and and get a get a score that day? Yeah, well, we we've obviously played all all through our lives, uh, me and the Lout together. Mm. Uh, and he's just a true competitor. He's got a great attitude. Uh, got a great picture of me, him, and Cookie on the uh, on the balcony at Haslingdon when we won the league. Actually, so yeah, you you know it. You need performances, but you also need characters in a in a changing room, and he he's certainly that, and he certainly helped it, and it was a nice blend. Uh, and again, that was another good reason why to to get back involved that year, playing with playing with people you really enjoy uh, sharing a changing room with in a pitch. Yeah, and and as well, um, a mention goes to to Benny there scoring twenty two not out at the end, and I, I remember that day. I remember going over to watch and seeing, just seeing Benny look like his old self again, just having that cut shot coming out and looking confident, running, <clears throat> running, you know, constantly between the wickets. Um, he's a man who's obviously played played cricket for a long time now, and he's he's been a, a real, you know, a real key member of that second team for a long time. 
Um, you know, a man who, if the sun's out, you can depend on him sitting on one side of the pavilion, top off, paper in hand. You know, <laughs> every, every, we're they're week on week. Um, and as a government, Greg, could you ask for any anybody more reliable than Benny? No, he's been brilliant as long as I've played in the second team for what fifteen years and more. He's been brilliant behind the stumps. He's also for fifty plus years of age, the fittest bloke in the team. He can run quicker than anyone else. He gets less injuries than anyone else, and he's yeah, perfect to have in the team. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, that's a fair tribute to Benny there. Um, so if we're going to look into the second innings very quickly, because um, I don't worry really about shoot over the second innings too much. Um, <laughs> oh no, let's, uh, let's, let's delve into it. <laughs> Cookie, you've uh, you've got a new ball in hand. You've got Thorns batting line up in front of you. What's your thoughts? How much did you give the umpire? Yeah, well, we got back out that night and we knew we, knew we were only going to get like five or ten overs. And, and, and with a the Lancashire League Cup rules, we knew we were going to end up coming back the night after. Uh, so yeah, I think I think what I'll say about about those guys, they were just they were pumped and they were a bit a bit too pumped, if you know what I mean. They were fired up hundred hundred percent, you know. So I think just that night, nothing spectacular, just bowled the ball in the right areas. I mean, we got two or three. They got one LB and one guy tried. Smashing it out the ground and got caught mid off. So we finished. They finished eleven for two at the end of that Sunday, um, and we were in uh, we were in the, the best position straight away coming back from Monday night. Yeah, and um, so like you just said there, you've got an LB, you've got a court. You come back Monday night after a, what I'm sure was a long day at work. You must be feeling <laughs> a little bit tired, you know, maybe a little bit, a little bit like you need firing up. Um, so go on, how did your chat go with the umpire before you started cooking? Because if you're getting three LBs on Monday night, you must have, you must have uh, become quite close friends with him in a short space of time. Well, you know me, I'm always a good friend to the umpires. Always have been. You had a few good friends in the Northern League. And then you had to start all over again in 2017. <laughs> yeah, I know, I was really gutted about that, actually. All that 25 years of groundwork put in when we go and move. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think just remember that night we were just knocking up. I was knocking up with Zach, and we were just using a dog ball, and he was swinging a mile. And uh, I'm looking at Zach, ball, oh, thinking it's all right. Yeah, and we just got going, and it just started. Uh, it just started swinging. There were a lot of right-handers, and it was just swinging back onto the pad, pitching in line, keeping low, back onto the pads. Thank you very much, and oh. and we ran through them. Lovely we work, Cookie. Lovely yeah. work. Um, so yeah, obviously you, you, you yourself taking six for in the game. Um, you know, probably I don't know if you, if you would feel, but pr- possibly one of your standout performances in, on a big stage like like that. So obviously it's something for you to be very proud of and look back at fondly. Um, you've won you've won the cup. Um, the winning moment was a, a catch taken by Dougie at cover from what I from what I remember that night. Um, and like you mentioned before, were we about the celebrations and. And everybody that had been part of that campaign, because I know, I know that you had some serious um, sort of selection issues, if you will, because it was so tough. You had so many people to pick from, and I know it was a tough one. But it was really nice to see, from a spectator's point of view, to just see you all together in that squad environment. You know, I know that you had Sam Painter involved. Uh, I think my dad CD was involved. Sam Chapman Jones got involved. It, it was it was great to see from the sides, um, and. 
Yeah, any, any thoughts on those celebrations, fellas? Because I know it's maybe not ideal to win a cup on a Monday night, but were there any rough heads on Tuesday morning? Yeah, mine was. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't get much chance to have a drink. We made up for that when we won the league at Aslindon, but no, you can't really go wild on a Monday night. But no, we, we really enjoyed it. From my point of view, I'd never won anything as a second-team player. I got beaten a couple of cup finals in the 90s, so yeah. I, I just really, really, really enjoyed it. Good stuff, good stuff. And I think just to round off, um, to round off what I what I think has been a brilliant catch up and chat and a look back at uh, a fantastic year for you lads. Um, if I'm looking in some stats uh, for the league, Lowy um, as a batsman, 430 runs at 47.77. <clears throat> Willets, uh, Reese Willets, 383 runs at 29.46. Scott Jackson, 374 runs at 28.76. And Nathan Jackson, 334 runs at 33.40. I think those, if you're having lads scoring league runs at that, that volume in second team cricket, you, you are destined for big things in, in the league campaign. So it's, you know, Lowy averaging 47 by the end of the season. I, you know, that's, I tip my hat to you, sir. That's a fantastic year with the bat. Um, Thank you. And looking at the bowling, Gregor, 37 wickets. At an average of eleven point nine seven, um, which you know is as a left arm spinner in second team cricket, fantastic achievement. Nathan opening ball with thirty six wickets at fifteen point eight all. CD um, as Cookie alluded to before, I, I remember at the time he he had been feeling a little bit down about maybe his his performances, and I think he felt within himself that he knew he he could do more, or he wanted to do more. So he finished off twenty seven wickets for the season at fourteen point seven four, which I know he. He's very, very proud of. Um, and then yourself, Cookie, 24 wickets at 15.83. I have no doubt that that would have been obviously a much bigger tally had the first team not kept on stealing you at, uh, at different instances. Um, but I think looking at you guys as a team and as a squad, um, a real, real proud moment for Darwin, I'd say. Darwin's second team history. You guys have carved yourselves into it and... And I think you know you've you've done something that not a lot of people have managed to do in terms of winning a league campaign and doubling up with the cup. So no, fantastic lads, well done. And I've really really enjoyed catching up and and going over it with you all. Yeah, thanks, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, great chat, great chat, great memories, well hosted, Reese. Yeah, cheers, Reese. No, thanks a lot, fellas. Um, enjoy enjoy the rest of your Friday night, and uh, yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thank yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Pete. We're going to be back together next week, boys. So we're looking forward to that, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, me, yeah, and, Cookie have been, me and Cookie have been netting anyway. I can't wait to get netting again with Cookie. <laughs> so long as you don't back away to square leg. Well, we've had to buy a longer net, haven't we? So you have to start fagging <laughs> your ball from the back of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, thanks a lot, fellas. Enjoy the rest all right. of the party. Cheers, Cheers. Take care, yeah. boys. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed our look back into the success of the second team in 2017. I certainly enjoyed talking to Greg Cookie and Lowy about their experiences and, and memories of that year, so I hope you did too. Uh, looking at next week's podcast, please do join us again. Uh, we we're going to be discussing the 2015 Readers' Cup success for Darwin. We're going to be looking at the cup run into the uh, final, the antics that the team got up to, as well as the actual final itself.
please do join us for it then. But for now, stay safe, everyone.